Here we go. The journey and its adventures. The journey and its adventures. I'm I'm enjoying this series so much because I I love adventure, right? I mean, any good movie has adventure in it. And and I think for, for way too long, the church has minimized the Bible into a boring book. And the Bible's not boring. I mean, every... Every great story that's ever been put on a screen from Hollywood, you can find the basis of that story in this book. And the reason you don't know that, or some of us don't know that, is because we don't read it. And so it's your job to read the Bible. You got to read it. I've said this before. I totally wish I could do this and get it all. Wouldn't that be cool? Just put it right there, and God just does a down low, like, "Ah, I'm good. Every day, that's my devotion time. That'd be like taking your cup of coffee that you love in the morning and putting it right there. It ain't really ain't going to work. It's not working. So, so we've been looking at, at some of the different journeys and the adventures of the journey. Today, I want to look at the adventures of Elisha. Now, Elisha and Elijah, two different people, right? Elijah was the predecessor. Elijah came first. Elijah was a great prophet of God. Elijah was the one who was on Mount Carmel with 450 witches and warlock, called down fire from heaven. Elijah was the one that ran at great speed ahead of the, of the horse and the chariot. So that's Elijah. And so he, here comes the story. Elijah's ministry is about to come to an end, and God's told him that. He's a great prophet. And so we pick up the story. So here's what I want to do. I want to start the, the story of Elisha by telling the ending of his story. And then we'll go back to the beginning and we'll walk through it. Good? So look, look at the scripture right here. 2 Kings 13, 20 through 21. Elisha died and was buried. Now Moabite raiders used to enter the country every spring. Once while some Israelites were, were burying a man, suddenly they saw a band of raiders, so they threw the man's body into Elisha's tomb. When the body touched Elisha's bones... The man came to life and stood up on his feet. There's going to be some more to that. There's more significance to that miracle right there. And we're going to to get to that. So now, let's go back to the beginning of how Elijah found Elisha. Keep going. Could you? Thanks. No, no. Okay. All right. So here we go. The journey. I thought we were going to read through that scripture. The journey always starts with an encounter with God. 1 King 19, 19 through 21. So now, we, we, we have Elisha, and let me set this up for you. Elisha is a farmer. Elisha is just a regular old person. But he encounters God in such an amazing way, it changes his life forever. So Elijah went up from there and found Elisha, son of Shaphat. He was plowing with 12 yoke of oxen, and he himself was driving the 12th pair. Elijah went up to him and threw his cloak around him. Elisha then left his oxen and ran after Elijah. Let me kiss my father and mother goodbye, he said, and then I will come with you. Go back, Elijah replied. What have I done to you? So Elisha left him and went back, took his yoke of oxen, slaughtered them, He burned the plowing equipment to cook the meat and gave it to the people, and they ate. Then he set out to follow Elijah and became his attendant. There had to be some sort of an amazing encounter between Elijah and Elisha for Elisha to say, you know what? I'm done. What I just experienced in the encounter that I just had with God's spirit and presence on my life has wrecked me. I don't care about 
this field anymore. I don't care about my wealth anymore. I don't care about all these things that I've been worrying with every day. I know that God is real, and as surely as he lives, I'm going to get. So he had, So here's the deal. Every God journey starts with an encounter with God, a true encounter with God's presence. You think about this. Twelve yoke of oxen is a it's pretty, pretty wealthy, decently wealthy guy. Yet he's a working man because he's driving the twelfth pair. And then so he doesn't go to the barn. He goes, Elijah, let me go. Let me come with you. He doesn't go to the barn and put his plows up and for a rainy day. He doesn't go. He doesn't go. You know what? If this Elijah thing doesn't work out, and I'm, this is all an emotion. I'm just going to leave this stuff here. And if I have to come back, I'll still have what would give my, you know, my well-being. Now, so he takes the plows and he busts them up and he takes the wood from the plows and he makes the fire. Then he takes the oxen, which is his livelihood, and he chops them up and, I mean, sorry if that bothers some of you. That's <laughs> what he did. He, butchered's not a better word though. Wait, that's what he did. So, and then he makes a fire, he cooks the meat and he gives it to his family and all those around and what he's really doing is he's saying, I have encountered God, and I'm about to start a new journey. I, I can tell you this. I, I was on a good track. Raina and I had got married, and I had a really, really good job. But I never will forget in an altar much like this, one night, God encountered me. And I'm not a weird person. If you're visiting today, I'm not a wacky person. I'm not a... a Weird maybe, but not wacky. Spiritually, I'm very grounded in the Bible. But I can tell you this. I can tell you this. I know that I know that I know that God encountered me in such a way and said, hey, would you be willing to follow me with your whole life? I didn't know what that looked like at that time. I didn't know that that looked like youth ministry. I didn't know that that looked like planning a church. I didn't know that it looked like that I would be here today. But I do know that he encountered me and said, will you follow me? And I'm so glad I said yes. Took me a while. It's scary, right? It's scary to transition. It's scary. But I do know that when God encounters you in such a way that you're, you're like Elisha and you're willing to go, you know what? This has wrecked me. I don't want anything else except the presence of God in my life. So he runs after Elijah and becomes his attendant. Notice the word attendant. See, because in America, we want the journey to start out on cloud nine. Don't we? You know what attendants were. They were servants. He was washing Elijah's feet. He was cleaning his pans. He was cooking his dinner. He was, he was an attendant. But that's what the Spirit of God will do to you. When, he, when, when, when God encounters you, you don't really need a title. You don't need a position. You just want to be in God's presence, and you just want to serve him. I mean, it, it, yeah, but you, just, that, you, you can't think about anything else except, so, if your journey has hit some rough spots, which all of ours do, but you're feeling a little dry in your journey, go back to an encounter with God and, and ask God, you know what, God, I need your presence in my life, and I need to encounter you this week. I, I need the reality of your presence to be evident in my life. Number two. The journey takes commitment. So uh, Elisha sells out, burns, eats, takes off. 
When the Lord was about to take Elijah up to heaven in a whirlwind, Elijah and Elisha were on their way from Gilgal. Now, remember I set the story up by saying that this is the end of Elijah's ministry, and God said, Elijah, I'm going to come get you. Elijah said to Elisha, stay here, the Lord has sent me to Bethel. But Elisha said, as surely as the Lord lives and as you live, I will not leave you. So they went down to Bethel. So in other words, Elijah's saying, Elisha, you know and I know that God's going to take me away. He's already told us. So why don't you just stay here and save yourself the trouble? You've been a good attendant. You've been a good servant. But why not just stay here? Because I, this is, you know what's going to happen. We've talked about this story about two years ago on the spirit of offense, of being offended by people. And one of the things we do in our staff is we make a commitment to one another. We refuse to get offended, right? We refuse to have that spirit float around. And, and through that, we refuse to get offended with people in our church. Mad, yeah. Thinking about murder, maybe. Throw a few things at the wall sometimes, but never offended. So if anybody had the right to be offended, this is just a side note. Elisha did. Dude, I've been taking care of you all this time, and now you're going to tell me to leave you? Surely as the Lord lives, I'm not going to do it. So the company of the prophets at Bethel came out to Elisha and asked, Do you not know the Lord is going to take your master from you today? Yes, I know, Elisha replied, but do not speak of it. In other words, shut up. Because until God does what God's going to do, I have, a, I have a, a position and I've got a job to do. And so until God comes and takes Elijah, I was called to be his attendant. And that's what I'm going to do until God does what God is going to do. Then Elijah said to him, stay here, Elisha. The Lord has sent me to Jericho. And he replied, as surely as the Lord lives and as you live, I will not leave you. So they went to Jericho. And Elijah's probably thinking at this point, Elisha's got some attachment issues. Because it would have been much easier for Elisha just to stay. Like, stay. The company of the prophets at Jericho went up to Elisha and asked him, Do you not know that your Lord is going to take your master from you today? Yes, I know, he replied, but do not speak of it. So all these other prophets that know how great Elijah was, and now they've heard about Elisha, are saying, Dude, are you stupid? Like, go away. Like, don't. Just quit what you're doing. Why are you still traveling with this guy? And they're trying to show kind of their their wisdom and their prophecy wisdom of like, don't you know? Haven't you heard? And I'm sure Elisha was like, dude, yes, I've heard. I was there. Verse 6, then Elijah said to him, stay here. The Lord has sent me to the Jordan, the Jordan River. And he replied, as surely as the Lord lives and as you live, I will not leave you. And I love this. I love this. I love this. Because everyone needs this person in their life. So the two of them walked on. So they're coming in contact with all these companies of prophets, 50s and people. And, and it's very interesting to me that none of those other people went with Elijah. But Elisha did. And they walked on. You're here today and you're married and your marriage is in trouble, keep walking. If you're here today and you got somebody in your life that really needs a friend, but you've just been too busy, pick up the phone and keep walking. The two of them walked on. I love it. I love it. I love it. So here's the idea behind that. The journey takes commitment. The God journey takes commitment. And Elisha was committed to the calling that God had put on his life. Committed. 
And, and I shared the experience with you at an altar much like this where I know that, I know that, I know that, I know that God called me. And through, through knowing that, um, you, you couldn't shoot that out of me. I know that that happened. And so on rough days, on hard days, on days where I don't know what decision to make, on days where I think, you know what, I could probably go do, I'm decently, I'm not smart, but I, I could probably go do something and make a decent living. You know, and, and you think about, I'm tired of dealing with these people. I, I'm just totally tired of dealing with junk. And, but I always go back to the fact that I know that I know that I know that God called me. I know. And that will carry you through. When you know that God has saved you and redeemed you and put you into place on purpose, it will get you through the rough days. It will. And some of you know what I'm talking about. The journey takes commitment. Number three. The journey is sure to have miracles. 2 Kings 2, 7 through 8. Fifty men of the company of the prophets went and stood at a distance facing the place where Elijah and Elisha had stopped at the Jordan. Elijah took his cloak, rolled it up, struck the water with it. The water divided to the right and to the left. And the two of them crossed over on dry ground. The same cloak that Elijah used to anoint Elisha is now being thrown down in the water. And the, river, the water of the rivers of Jordan parts. They part, and they go over on dry ground. I don't know about you, but I would consider that a miracle. You ever seen that little cartoon when Moses is in the bathtub when he's a baby? He's trying, his mom's trying to get him to take a bath, and he's, the bathtub water's parted. And she's like, Moses? <laughs> I love that. <laughs> it's awesome. <laughs> Put the water back. You got to get ready. You got to get clean. Anyway. So, so here, here's that. The journey is sure to be full of miracles. Surely. Now, miracles take on different forms. But if we lose the wonder of life, we lose the ability to see miracles that happen around us every day, some greater than others. I mean, we hear people, oh, she had a baby. And we're like, oh, good for her. Do you know what a miracle that is? It's a freaking miracle. Right? Something starts growing in a woman's belly. And then it's a miracle that she doesn't kill the person that made that happen. And then, and then you hear a heartbeat. And then you have this child you're holding in your arms. And then one day they decide they want to start walking which really messes everything up. And, and then it's like, oh my goodness, I'm looking at a miracle. You look back at your life and you see times in your life where you completely blew it and you maybe shouldn't even be here right now. God does miracles. You, 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 every day of our life. And so if you lose the wonder of the journey, you lose the ability to notice the miracles that are going on around you every day of your life. And that's the journey of Christianity. I mean, that's the journey with God. That's the exciting part. That's the adventure. Elijah takes his cloak. Bam. So now he's just showing off. Right? Because, you know, they probably both knew how to swim. But he was like, you know, I'm not dealing with this water. So they, they go across on dry ground. Can I just encourage you this week? to open your eyes to the miracles that happen around you every day of your life, right? Just take a deep breath, stop being so busy, and just say, you know what? 
I'm going to get outdoors. I'm going to go. I'm just going to recognize this idea of God's greatness in my life. Miracles every day. To me, the sunrise every morning is a miracle. Seriously. As many mornings as I can, I go over and I watch that sunrise. Remember last week we talked about in Job where the horizon split apart? To me, it's a miracle. It's a miracle to me that we're spinning at a very fast rate right now. You, you know you're spinning, right? <laughs> Don't think about it too much because you get dizzy. There's miracles all around us every day of our life. And that's the, that's the adventure of the journey. And that's the wonder that we can never lose. And that's why Jesus said, unless you become like one of these little children... You're not going to enter the, you can't enter into the things of the kingdom of God unless you, you keep that childlike faith inside of you. Number four, don't be afraid to ask for crazy blessings on your journey. The Bible says you have not because you ask not. 2 Kings 2, 9 through 10, when they had crossed, Elijah said to Elisha, tell me what I can do for you before I'm taken from you. Let me inherit a, do- a double portion of your spirit, Elisha replied. You have asked a difficult thing, Elijah said. Yet if you see me when I'm taken from you, it will be yours. Otherwise, not. In other words, if you finish the race, Elisha, you're going to get what you just asked for. Go back to the point, Kim. Thank you. Don't be afraid to ask for crazy blessings on your journey. How many times in our life do we think in our own mind, and we say, man, I'd really love for that to happen. I would really love. And God's up there going, ask me. (laughs) Ask me. I don't know if I'll do it for you, but it would sure be fun if you ask me. Don't, on on your journey with God, don't be afraid to ask him, Lord, help me in this area. God, bless me in this area. God, help me overcome these regrets I have in the past. God, I'm going to pray a crazy prayer right now. I'm just going to pray an audacious prayer. And remember the Sun Stand Still Faith series we did? And we talked about asking God for what just the amazing things. God can do whatever he wants to do. And he, he says this, but you have not because you ask not. So Elisha, check this out. Don't miss out on what's going on here. Elisha just got through watching Elijah strike the Jordan River and the water stopped. So Elisha's thinking, man, that's pretty cool. So they crossed over the river and then Elijah turns to him and, and asks this unbelievable question. What can I do for you? What can I do for you, Elisha? So I don't know how much time went by before Elisha said, you know what? I want double of what God gave you. That's a that's an audacious request. I mean, this is Elijah calling fire down from heaven, right? The, he, up to this point, he, he has done more miracles in the Bible than anybody else. I mean, it, it, he, it's amazing what Elijah's done. And Elisha's like, you know what? I'll tell you what I want. I want double of what you got. That's crazy, isn't it? I mean, seriously, and so this challenges me in my own life in in reference to ministry, in reference to parenting, in reference to being a husband, in reference to new seasons and transitions in my life. This challenges me, and so as I read this story throughout the week, I read it uh, yesterday, yeah, as I was studying it here yesterday, um, I, I was challenged to 
remember to ask, ask God. Don't just think about asking God. And don't just say, well, I know God can do whatever he wants. And he's probably not, not really concerned with me. I mean, as you're the apple of his eye. Ask. Right? Just, you know, it's like a kid asking for a cookie after they have had five. You're probably going to, you know, but, but when they come up to you and they got chocolate chip all over their face and they look so cute and, you know, they've already had five, give them one more. We're already so blessed. You know, you, and, and so in, in a father's heart or a grandfather's heart or a great-grandfather's heart, I, I've told you this before, my dad wouldn't let us have any food anywhere <laughs> except the table. I mean, we could be in a 1952 14-foot John boat rusted out on both sides that started every once in a while, and we're like, no food. <laughs> Never mind the fact that you pull a fish over the side of the boat, and the fish is bleeding, it's all over. Like, what is an Oreo going to hurt, Dad? Like, man, when I had kids, they had done better for themselves by then, and, and they, they had a, a pretty nice boat. It had carpet in it. And so I never, I never forget. The, when they first got that boat, my daughter's four so that would have made my son one. And so we taught her how to ski when she was four. And, um, and so we get in. And my dad pulls out a pack of Oreos. <laughs> True story. And I'm like, Chelsea, you can't have one of those. And she's like, between me and my dad, she's like looking at my dad going, I really want the Oreo. She's looking back at me. And I was like, you can't eat that in here. And, and, and my dad says, shut up, boy. <laughs> Like, who are you? Like, like who, really, who, who are you? So, you know what? That's, that's how God wants to be with us. Now, his blessings in our life are timely because he knows the end from the beginning and the beginning from the end. And so just because you ask crazy, audacious prayers doesn't mean they're going to come to fruition immediately. But I guarantee you, he loves for you to ask. So let that build your faith this week. At, hey. Because God truly says in his word, you know, you're my child. You are my child. What can I do for you? So don't be afraid on your journey, no matter what you're going through right now, do not be afraid to ask for crazy blessings in your life. Number five, the journey is the adventure. 2 Kings 2, 11 through 14, as they were walking along, talking together, now check this out and, and read this like you're watching a movie. Right? As I've been writing this series every week, I, I continually think about the Lord of the Rings. And I think about Frodo and, the, the, and his journey was the adventure. That's the whole idea. His journey was the adventure. As they were walking along and talking together, suddenly a chariot of fire and horses of fire appeared and separated the two of them. And Elijah, <laughs> don't go any further, Kim, went up to heaven in a whirlwind. Now, I don't know about, I have... Some days I would just call mediocre, some boring. If I'm Elisha right now, this is like the coolest thing I've ever seen in my The water parting was kind of cool. But wow, a chariot of fire, now think about this. Don't just read it. Think about it in your mind. A chariot of fire. So in other words, a chariot made out of fire. A chariot that's on fire. It appeared. And it separated the two of them. I kind of figured Elisha kind of moved himself out of the way. Like, I know, I know what's about to happen here. So, 
I'm going to watch because I want that double portion, but I'm good. Like, that's kind of hot. And Elijah went up to heaven in a whirlwind. God took him because God said he was going to take him. Now, you want to talk about some kind of a journey and some kind of venture? Like, if you, if you invite me to go fishing with you next week and we're out on the boat and God sends down, I don't, I don't even know how to put it into words. Yeah, and I'm going to be like, honey, I had a great day. <laughs> that's, that's pretty amazing. Let me tell you what happened. A chariot of fire in a whirlwind. <laughs> Keep going. Keep going. Elisha saw this and cried out, my father, my father, the chariots and horsemen of Israel. And Elisha said to him, no, no more. Then he took hold. Now, there's some significance there. We don't have time to get into it. But chariots, God's chariots, chariots of heaven, played a really cool part in Elisha's life. Then he took hold of his own clothes, and he tore them apart. He picked up the cloak that had fallen from Elisha. In other words, he took his clothes off, and he picked up the cloak that had fallen from Elijah, and he went back and stood on the bank of the Jordan. Now, here's payday right here. Watch this. Seriously. So he's like, wow, God really took him. Wait a minute. I just saw Elijah do this. So he's been serving Elijah. He's been faithful to Elijah. He's seen Elijah do amazing things. Now it's time to step up. Because remember, the 50 prophets are at a distance, right? They didn't go with them. He takes that cloak. Dads, this is a really good lesson for all of us. Your kids are going to watch what you do, and they're going to try to do what you do. He took that cloak, and he, wham, hits the water. Then he took the cloak that had fallen from him and struck the water with it. Where now is the Lord, the God of Elijah? He asked, when he struck the water, it divided to the right and to the left, and he crossed over. Wow. It's an amazing story. The journey is the adventure. That, so, now, he asked for a double portion, right? And if you study the Bible, you can go through the whole Bible and research the amount of miracles that Elijah did in reference to the amount of miracles that God allowed Elisha to do. And when Elijah, watch, this is good. When Elisha gets his bones laid in a grave, he was one short. One. Let's go to this last point. Every journey leaves a destiny. Your journey is going to leave a destiny for those closest to you. It, it doesn't have to be a world-renowned destiny. But you're going to leave, you're going to leave a legacy. You will. You will leave a legacy in your life. That's up to you to determine what, what that is. Now, now let's go back to where we started the story, because we started at the end of Elisha's story, and then we went back to the beginning. You still with me? Elisha died and was buried. Now, Moabite raiders used to enter the country every spring. Once, while some Israelites were burying a man, suddenly they saw a band of raiders, so they threw the man's body into Elisha's tomb. Hundreds of years later, now you got to remember, he's one miracle short. So, thank you for running the end of the movie. 
That was awesome. That was, that was awesome. Yeah, I love this church. It was amazing. So, so here, yeah, play this out. They're having a funeral. And at this time of year, the Moabite raiders would come in and they would ravage, they would just ravage the land. This is when they would come and, and people would just run and hide from them. And, and so here, they're carrying this body and they're having, can you imagine the funeral procession? And they're carrying, and they look up over the hillside, and here comes the Moabite Raiders. Braveheart style, you know, they're, they're coming down with swords, and they're coming down to take their plunder. And so they're like, I, I can just imagine, what do you want to do? I don't know, what do you want to do? Chunk him in there. Just chunk him in there, man. We got to get out of here. Take his body. Throw him in a tomb. They throw him in a hole, because tombs then were like caves, right? Throw him in there. And as soon as his body touches Elisha's bones, his bones. See, God's promises always get fulfilled. And it may take a while. And maybe you're, you're asking God for something in your life right now. And maybe your miracle is a process. But I promise you, if God said it in his word, he's going to do it in your life. Man, that guy, can you imagine? He just pops up. Do over. Restart. I mean, the Bible's amazing. It is, I mean, it's, the, the adventures in the Bible are incredible. The man came to life and stood up on his feet simply because Elisha was willing to serve, willing to be committed, willing to go the distance, willing to ask audacious, crazy blessings on his journey. He, he didn't give up. He kept walking with Elijah. And you get to this point where he's one miracle short at, at the time of his death. And then God said, you know what? Elijah, and I just, like, I think Elisha was hanging out with God in heaven watching this. Like, hey, you told me I could have a double portion. What happened? And God finally gets sick of listening to him and says, okay. Come here. <laughs> I got something to show you. Come here. Like, let's watch this together right now so you can quit bugging me. What an amazing thing in that tomb, in that tomb. And you know what? We read about another tomb in the Bible. And that tomb's empty. There aren't any bones in that tomb, but there is power to be resurrected from a spiritual death, to stand back up again, and to walk forward in your everyday life. And that's the tomb of Jesus. That's the resurrection power of Jesus Christ. So if you're here today and you say, you know what, I've not even started my journey. I'll tell you where you start. You start with the fact that Jesus gave his life for you. He was placed in a tomb. He, he was raised from that tomb. And the power of that tomb represents the power of Jesus to save. He is mighty to save. So today, you have a choice. If you're here today and you say, you know what, I've not started my journey with God. There's no way he would want me. I've done too much. You know, we've all done too much. We all went too far and stayed too long, a lot of us. But yet we're here today and we're redeemed because we put our faith in Jesus Christ. Salvation's a faith issue. That's what it is. This is about you taking that measure of faith that God gave you and putting it in the fact that you believe that Jesus Christ is the Messiah. So it's that simple, it's that simple. That starts your journey. 
again, I, I reference the Lord of the Rings. When Frodo leaves the Shire, the birds are chirping. Everything's like hunky-dory, man. You know, and I remember the colors in that scene? And then, But if you watch all those movies, there's some dark places on that journey. I'm not saying when you accept Jesus Christ, everything's perfect. I'm just saying you can be assured that on your journey, there will be adventures, and God will be a part of those adventures the whole way. And you'll leave a destiny and a legacy much better than without Jesus Christ being in that journey. Will you bow your head all over this place? Say, Jason, that's me. I've not yet started my journey. I've not yet accepted Jesus Christ as my personal Savior. If that's you and you're in this room right now, would you just slip your hand up long enough for me to see it and put it right back down? Nobody's moving. I see your hand. That's awesome. That is awesome. Anyone else? I don't want to miss anybody. Just long enough for me to see it. Just a, a, a sign of your confession of you're putting your faith in Jesus. I need Jesus in my life. I need a fresh start in my life. I need a starting point today. I'm ready to start my journey. Anyone else before we pray? You raised your hand. I'm going to pray with you. And after I pray, please go out to the tent and grab a Bible and talk with someone. Get some information on your new walk with God. Maybe get some information on being baptized. If you're a shy person and you just don't want to do that, you can email Starting point at thecoastlinechurch.com and a pastor will get back with you. It's super important to connect with somebody somewhere to get you off on the right foot. But if you pray, pray this prayer with me. Father, thank you for loving me. Thank you for chasing me. And right now, God, I'm confessing in my heart that I believe that Jesus Christ is the Messiah. I believe he was born of a virgin. I believe he lived a sinless life. I believe with all my heart he took my death and sin on the cross. I believe they placed him in a grave, and I believe he rose from that grave on the third day, and that he's in heaven today, and he's coming back for me one day. And so right now, God, thank you for a fresh start. Thank you for a new beginning. And thank you that your word says that I'm made into a new creation, and that your love and your grace and your mercy are flooding my soul right now. I feel it, God. Give me the boldness to go out to the tent and talk with someone, Lord, and help me to get surrounded by people, get in a life group. People that are going to help me on this new journey and this new decision I've made. In Jesus' name, amen.